Good morning, NBCC. We are overjoyed to have you here with us this morning. If you're new with us this morning, we want to get to know you. So go ahead and type connect to the number on your screen so that we can get connected. Here at NBCC, we are a church that prays together, worships together, and serves together. If you want to get connected and involved with serving, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen. We're going to move into a time of worship here this morning. So please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this awesome time.
Drawing close, stood back, raising all my heart is yours. I'll feel you move. I breathe you in and lean into your love. Is music has stopped, we do not have to stop in our time of worship. We want to continue to worship through giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We are super hungry for the Word and totally excited to hear what Pastor Mike has to say. So let's head on over and jump in. Welcome to Mission Vale Christian Church. So glad that we could be together these few moments around the Word. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different these next two weeks. Um, I've entitled this series, You Asked For It. And simply, um, over the past uh, six weeks, I've asked you at Mission Vale Christian Church, um, if you could ask any question you want, you can do that. Related to God, Bible, faith, Christianity, religion, anything at all related to that. And so um, these are the top two questions that I'm going to uh, answer today. And uh, we're just going to take these questions that you've asked, and we're going to look at them in the light of Scripture. And my prayer and hope is this, this spurs on some deeper thought and some uh, maybe deeper questioning and answers for you to look in God's Word. And uh, most of all, if this has been helpful for you uh, in these few moments, man, I, I just pray that you just hit that share button on social media, and maybe you can pass this on to someone who's asking some of these questions. So question number one, the top question at Missionville Christian Church was this, why does God allow so much evil and suffering in the world right now? And is this a sign of the end times? Man, that is so good because... Um, that is one question that I've received even um, after some of our services on Sunday morning through emails, uh, especially with COVID and the global economy and just the pandemic and just a lot of stuff going on right now that's just really, really difficult. People losing their jobs and even people losing hope and um, people are wondering, you know, is this a sign of the time? So let's get right into it with um, maybe you're listening to this or you're watching this. And you've dealt with, as a parent, the loss of a child. Or maybe uh, a teen who you lost your parents. Um, a sister who lost a brother to cancer. Um, racial injustice that we've seen um, over and over again in our nation. Um, just struggles and just wondering why are there evil things that are going on? And why is there so much suffering of what we would classify as just innocent people? Why does God allow so much suffering. Well, let's start with this. If you are listening or watching to this and you do believe in God, um, let's start right at the beginning of that presupposition. So if we believe in a God, that there is some God out there, and we believe the Bible to be true, um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 31, the origin of creation, when God created Adam and Eve and the earth as we know it and the animals and everything that we have to enjoy on earth, he said it was very good. There was no evil, no pain, no sickness, no suffering at all. We were actually not intended, as the way Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, to experience any suffering or pain or evil. That was not the original intent. This actually turned when Adam and Eve decided to disobey God in Genesis chapter 3. So um, God, first of all, did not create evil. Man chose evil because God gave us the choice to have free will. Um, one of the greatest gifts that God gave us was the ability to choose. So I cannot have the privilege of choosing God only 
then it would not be free will. So God did not create evil. It was something that um, was chosen out of a, uh, uh, a temptation from the enemy in, a, in the book of Genesis in chapter 3. So um, question then would lead to, what if we didn't have free will? We would not have the choice to choose somebody to love. We would not have the ability to choose the right choice or good in this world. We would just be robots that God created to obey and follow him because we have to. So unfortunately, what happened when they decided to choose to disobey God is that now we are born with a sinful nature that's passed down from generation to generation. Um, Genesis, or I'm sorry, um, Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So remember that at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, they were not supposed to die physically. They were intended to live in this Garden of Eden, this place of perfection with God, for eternity on earth. It was supposed to be that way, but because sin entered, because of their disobedience, now we unfortunately are cursed with that suffering and evil that's around the world. So there are two kinds of evil. One is moral evil that just comes through bad choices, and there's natural evil that comes um, through just within the laws of nature, like hurricanes, earthquakes, etc. So um, here's something to kind of think about when we're thinking about why God allows suffering and evil. If God is good, he will defeat evil. If God is all-powerful, then he can defeat all evil. Evil is not defeated yet, so God will one day defeat evil. We know this to be true because of what God says. So again, because of our sinful nature, mankind also choosing wrong, we've passed, unfortunately, all of these things from generation to generation. And there's always a consequence of a wrongdoing. Sometimes we think, well, if I make this bad choice there, that's just on me. But that's not so. Whenever we make a choice, there's a consequence of that choice, whether it be good or bad. So James chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we know that there's a real devil. We know that there's evil in the world because he prompts some of that evil, and he influences mankind to make bad choices. Um, so fact number one, if you're taking some notes, maybe this would be helpful for you. Um, I know that for a lot of people who maybe um, do not have faith in God or aren't a part of a church community, um, and they're really struggling with this issue, this might be helpful um, to share this with this person. Fact number one is this. Our world is a fallen world by no fault of God. It's not God's fault because of the evil and all the suffering in the world. Fact number two is this. Mankind chose to rebel against God's law and therefore reap the consequences. Fact number three. There's a real devil. His name is Lucifer. And unfortunately, he influences humanity and he hates God. If there's one thing that the enemy hates, it's God, and therefore he hates God's children. The Bible tells us we are God's children in the book of 1 John, and so if one way that the enemy wants to hurt God is to hurt his children, and that's why we see one of the reasons we see so much evil and suffering in the world. Fact number four is this. Mankind is destined for eternal destruction and is a consequence of his or her wrongdoing. 
Fact number five, God provided the rescue plan by providing the payment through his son, Jesus Christ, to be the atoning sacrifice for every person that's ever lived on the earth. So, which leads us to another question. Why doesn't God just stamp out all evil? Have you ever wondered that or have someone ask you that question? It would seem much easier if God just stopped all the evil going on. And so here's the answer to that. If he did do that, we, he would have to complete the job, which means you and I would not survive. How do we know that? Because in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12, it says this, Therefore, there is no one that's righteous, not even one person. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. And basically what those verses are telling us is that it is not by our nature that we always choose good. And it's certainly not our nature that we always seek God. Okay, so the Bible is teaching us if God was to stamp out all evil, he would have to wipe out all of creation, which means you and me, because I'm not good. I mean, the only good that comes from my life is from Jesus Christ because I received him by faith. And so um, it wouldn't work if God just destroyed all evil because at the core of who I am, I have a sinful nature just like everyone else. And so um, God would have to destroy me and you. So once we choose to get saved, once we choose to accept Jesus Christ into our life, um, he brings us into his family and he brings us as a part of his team, his army, his movement now to save the world. So your life and my life matters to God. So it's really, really important that when we live and we make right, right choices that follow God's word, um, we know that God is choosing his church, his people to be the light of the world. Yes, the world is full of evil and suffering and darkness and for wrong choices that have consequences. Unfortunately, there are innocent people that caught, get caught in the wake of those bad choices. All agreed, right? But God chose us in the church to be the light in a dark world. So it's not our quest for those who follow Christ to say, well, I just want to get away from all this evil. I want to get away from all the darkness. I want to get away from all the suffering and just be in a place of total bliss with God. God chose us in the church to be in that dark place, to be in a place where there's evil, to be in a world where there's suffering so that we can shed light on all of that darkness and bring hope to people who are hopeless. So what we have to remember is that um, trusting God when evil things happen and when there are wrong choices made and also when there is suffering, even of what we would call, you know, innocent bystanders, we have to understand that God allows those things to happen so we can learn to trust him. Uh, I, I liken it to um, a child-parent relationship um, that God desires for us to have a very childlike faith. It's not that we don't ask questions, and it's certainly not that we can't question God, because I think it's human, you know, human nature that we ask questions, and it's human nature that we question, God, what are you doing? God is not threatened by that. I think God wants us to bring our questions. He wants us at times to bring our lack of faith. There are many times that I have not so much doubted the existence of God, but I've doubted, God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this? And so um, Christians are not immune from suffering and pain and bad things that are happening. Oftentimes, as you know, we don't see the full picture. We only see a few threads of the tapestry on the other side. You know, if you've taken an area rug, 
that has just a beautiful pattern on the top portion of that rug. If you were to take that tapestry and turn it upside down, on the other side, it would look like mass chaos. All the threads that have been woven together, but it makes sense on the other side. I think that's very much our situation. We see chaos, destruction, evil, darkness. We see confusion. We see all these sufferings, all these bad things that are happening in the world because we have not yet obviously turned over the other side of the tapestry. When we get to heaven, we'll be able to see and understand. Oh, I understand now why God allowed that to happen so that it was for His glory, for His purpose and His plan and His will. And I'm, I understand now. Uh, just to bring some scriptures into this, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says this. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's a great one for when we experience suffering and pain and evil all around us. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. We have to remember that Jesus himself suffered. Jesus experienced pain. And so we should not think that we will not experience that just because we're following Christ. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says this, And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We have to remember that God's way is the best way. It's not so much that God is causing bad things to happen. He's not causing evil things. He may allow those things to happen because it perfects our faith. It helps us to rely on Jesus. It helps us to step in to a greater place of intimacy with Him. I think about this with my boys. My wife and I have two boys that are college age now, and some of those greatest moments we've had with them has when there's sometimes been things that have gone wrong or we've experienced pain together as a family. It brought us closer together when our children become vulnerable and open up their heart and share with us things that are really, really, really hard for them. We, we get closer um, as parents and child. I think it's the same thing with God. And so oftentimes those suffering and painful moments bring us closer to Jesus. I'm just thinking of Joseph in the Old Testament who... Um, had his family betray him. His own brothers tried to kill him, leave him in a cistern for death. Um, his brothers literally tried to beat him for death. And then they went to the father and lied and said that Joseph is now dead when he was just um, half dead, left in a cistern. And this is what Genesis chapter 37 verse 11 says. Joseph said this. He could have gotten revenge on his brothers, but he said this, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. So we got to remember that God can turn around any situation for his good. We've got to trust him. Um, Paul, I'm certainly I'm certain in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he didn't like being imprisoned, but in prison he wrote Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. Pretty cool that God took a horrible situation from evil men who were doing evil to Paul. Paul didn't break any laws. He was just preaching the gospel and he slammed into prison. 
And then look, God brought the New Testament out of a horrible situation. So it's just, you know, sometimes suffering and pain and evil all around us draws us close to God. Okay, question number two. The second most asked question at Missionville Christian Church was this. How do I make sense out of prayer when it seems like my prayers aren't answered? And that is such a good question. And I have certainly answered that question or asked that question. God, it seems like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. It seems like, God, you're not answering. And so with all this evil going on and racial tension and political division and COVID-19 and the economy having its issues and people losing their jobs and just lack of hope. And it just seems like there's depression and, you know, suicide is even escalating. Just here in Mission Viejo, the last week, there were two 14-year-old kids, two separate households in our city that committed suicide. I mean, just some bad stuff going on. So I want to really help us with this when we've been praying and praying and praying and we just seem like, God, it gets worse and worse and worse. I still believe in a God who can. I still believe in a God who may choose not for a reason other than God knows for us to not understand everything this side of heaven. When God says no, I have to believe that God has my best interest at heart. I'm thinking of Johnny Erickson Tata. Um, if you don't know that name, she was a teenager years ago that um, dove into a lake and unfortunately um, had a tragic accident. She's now uh, quadriplegic. And she prayed and prayed and prayed for God to heal her, had people pray and pray over her to be healed. And for reasons that only God understands, his answer was, at least at this point, no. Her ministry is worldwide. My wife and I had the opportunity at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, to listen to her speak with a, in a room, maybe about 50 people. And I got to tell you, watching her make her way up in her wheelchair to the platform, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. There was just something about the fact that someone who's been through so much suffering that I, I want to listen to what they have to say. And the words that came out of the, her mouth encouraged my life. And I, I just got to say that it's not that God isn't answering prayer, Prayer is always answered. It's just not always in the way that we may want it. It's like a, a child that comes to a parent. I, I want ice cream, ice cream. Mom, mom and dad, I want ice cream. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And the parent says, no, we're not having ice cream. It's 10 o'clock at night. It's the wrong time of the night. And, you know, all these, uh, it's just not good for your stomach. It's not good for you to have this late at night. Sometimes the answer is no, when we really want something from God. And this is what really separates us from really going, growing in our faith in Jesus Christ is I got to be willing to accept the no just as much as I'm so excited when God says a yes. And, and to me, that, that is growing in our relationship with Jesus. I have to be willing to trust him in prayer. Therefore, when Paul says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, I'm not always praying to get what I want, but I, I'm learning now to pray because sometimes I get the no. I'm learning to trust and rely and depend more on Jesus that now my prayers are starting to change. God, I want your will to be done. And, and certainly I would love God for you to do this, but I trust you even though it may not be a yes right at this point. So I, I hope that encourages you about why God allows evil and suffering and it, when it seems like you know, prayers aren't being answered. I want to encourage you, keep praying, don't give up. And believing that God always has his best interest and his kingdom's best interest at heart 
helps us to accept sometimes the no instead of the yes. I hope that's been helpful for you. Maybe you can share this with somebody who's struggling or got questions. Um, just want to encourage you next week, we're going to continue with two more questions on You Asked For It. Hey, um, also want to remind you, we always have service 10 a.m. live here at MVCC. If you can't make it, you can always catch us online. Just know that we love you. And if you need something here at MVCC, we're always here. God bless. Thank you.